doctor are you currently seeing patients with shoulder pain what about frozen shoulder what if I could teach you a neurological treatment system in which you could literally take a person from frozen frozen shoulder to a full range of motion in two visits and this system is so powerful that we guarantee results in two visits or we don't accept the patient for care what about the frustration you're going through because of the lack of the ability to help patients suffering with these shoulder problems and the frustration of patients who come into your clinic with knee pain and you have no answer to help them except maybe a laser or some other type of modality. What if you had patients suffering with knee pain and I could teach you a neurological treatment system in which patients could see results within two visits. Imagine the success that you would have and the happiness that goes along with knowing that within two visits you could change someone's life and then put them on a care plan to constantly improve their range of motion and decrease pain. What if there were a neurological treatment system in which you had patients suffering with peripheral neuropathy and numbness and tingling and burning in the feet and people couldn't sleep at night? Imagine the frustration of that and being able to help patients improve the quality of their life and enjoy the rest of their life with their loved ones, their families, their kids, and not worrying about falls, go out and golf and go on vacations without being any fear of falling or uh, the return of pain, suffering, and pins and needles. Hi, I'm Dr. Andy Barlow. I'm a board-certified chiropractic neurologist. I also carry a fellowship in functional neurology, and every Wednesday night at 5 p.m., I'm giving a one-hour seminar free of charge. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help your community. I'm here to help our profession go to the next level. And what if these three new uh, revenue streams that we have, frozen shoulder, knee pain, and peripheral neuropathy. What if we could actually increase your income to over a million dollars a year using these three avenue streams? I personally look forward to seeing you every Wednesday night. I want to I want to completely change your life and, and change your community's life. And I can help you do that because I've helped hundreds if not thousands of doctors from Europe to Canada all the way to New Zealand with these types of health issues, okay? So I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Central on the webinar. Have a great day. I look forward to seeing you on, it, on the internet. Hello everyone, my name is Mark Anthony with Edge on Regenerative Medicine Show, the place that brings you the number one doctors around the world, helping you not only get better, but also get the right information. So today, we have Dr. Mark Force today out of Ashton, Oregon area, actually in my backyard. I'm in Vancouver, Washington, about 10 minutes from Portland. I wish it was, I was closer to him, just a little bit nicer, my personal opinion. But other than that, um, everyone in social media world, let's share this. This is a very important topic today. Today, we're gonna to be talking about incorrect information about the COVID-19. And not only that, we're also gonna 
a little bit into uh, Dr. Mark's specialty. Um, Dr. Mark, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for letting me share, Mark. I appreciate oh, it. No, definitely. I love the Hawaiian back, backdrop. I feel yeah, like thanks. My, <laughs> my, my home office, my little Bambi trailer here. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Keep it. I love it. Keep it organic and keep it real, man. So, yeah. yeah so, um, you know, if you wouldn't mind before we get into it, maybe just talk to us a little bit uh, about yourself and how you got into the profession and focusing on people. Sure. Sure. So my, I have a family practice, which sounds strange as being a chiropractic physician. Um, but we've done that work for, I've done that work for 35 years now. And I do it because I was real sick when I was a teenager. And it turns out that that chiropractic and craniosacral work and acupuncture and yoga and fasting and meditation and all these things helped me heal. And it wasn't, it wasn't the conventional medicine that helped me heal. And mm -hmm. so I learned a lot of things along the way to get better. And, and I decided that I could be useful. I figured I could be useful from what I learned. So for the last 35 years, I've been uh, in a family practice setting, just treating everything, uh, doing prenatal, newborns, geriatrics, everything in between. But my specialty is complex and chronic uh, illnesses and patients that fall through the cracks that nobody uh -huh. knows know what to do with. Okay, well, yeah. we're going we're gonna to actually touch on that. So we'll, we'll okay. pause that button right there. And let's get into a correct, incorrect information uh, about the COVID-19. As we all know, a lot of stuff's being thrown out there on the internet and everybody believes it's the truth. I, I don't understand why. And yeah. You know that the news has an agenda and, you know, I'm not saying that they're bad, all bad, but. Right. They, they put a little bit of too much Tabasco sauce on there. So <laughs> well, well, right now, right now, there are a lot of unknowns because mm -hmm. we don't have enough measures. Not enough people have been tested to really get a perfectly clear picture about what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. um, probably the clearest pictures are coming from Iceland because they have the highest per capita testing of anywhere in the world. Wow. And then also out of South, South Korea also did a lot of testing. And so they have a clearer picture. Here we hardly have a picture because so per capita, so few people have been tested in the U.S. So it's it's hard to get a really really clear picture about you know what the mortality rates are and what the incidence of infection are and those kinds of things. But some things are coming becoming clearer um, in terms of you know what the complications are and who's at risk for complication. Like for instance, we we initially figured that. Uh, asthmatics were going to be part of the at-risk group, and we, it turns out that that's not so much true. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out that obesity is one of the bigger risk factors for complication. And so wow. that's probably why we're seeing more incidents in the U.S. of younger populations having complications relative to other countries, because the incidence of, of obesity is so much greater in this country. So, Wow. So we've, we've got a lot of people that are I call there's a lot of fear mongers out there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, what would be the best way to maybe address that, you know, as a doctor to let's just say they're struggling with that fear factor, but to try to bring them stress levels down, because I'm sure you're going to talk about what that. Well, one of the biggest things is, is mortality rates because the mortality rates are, have been highly exaggerated. You know, if you look at the mortality rate, say in, uh, in uh, South Korea, uh, it's figured that it's somewhere around 0.6 to 0.77 percent, and right. so standard influenza is about 0.1 percent uh, mortality rate, and so it is more significant. It's not just the flu, so there's definitely that, but it's about it's it's still less than one percent. Those when you look at the numbers in the overall picture, I feel like that it makes you go, huh? What what's really going on? You know. Um, 
Yeah, and then the mortality uh, picture is inflated because hospitals get more money for COVID cases than they do for non-COVID cases. Um, and so they, if they throw the, morta the mortalities into COVID, then it's, they get more uh, money for that kind of thing. So, yeah. so you're seeing some inflation. You're seeing some inflation of the numbers associated with that. And um, it, it time, it, it, there, we need more time and we need more testing to really get a clearer picture about what's happening in the U.S. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. What's interesting, they, they did a, a study and they were saying that when somebody dies now, what they're, what they're starting to see is the numbers kind of being budged a little bit. So example, someone dies of a heart attack, that was a COVID. Uh, someone, you know, high blood pressure died or whatever, that was a COVID. Somebody banged their toe on a steel wall, that was a COVID. My point is, it right. seems like everything's being thrown just at COVID instead of some, I'm just saying, people die every day. Right. I'm not saying that the COVID's not real. I, I, I know. Uh, a couple of people that had it and fought it, you know, so. Right. Right. So, and, and a lot of people are asymptomatic or they have very yeah. little symptoms. Um, it, it, uh, it looks as though it came through earlier than we uh, figure on the West Coast. And a lot of people just figure they had bad flus earlier on, say in late January, early February. And so there's that issue, too. And so those people are not being included necessarily in the figures. And so it inflates the mortality figures. You know what? I agree with you. It's, it's interesting. I just got back from Hawaii right before the, the COVID hit, you know, before we started hearing about it. And what was interesting, I got back on a great vacation from Hawaii. And then all of a sudden, right when I got, I landed, I was sick for yeah. seven days with the flu, right? Yep. I don't know. Not saying it was COVID, but I couldn't get out of my bed for seven days, and I felt like I was fighting for my life. Like, yeah, I couldn't get out. I was so I just kept trying to be hydrated, and yeah, I was keeping my immune system up because my wife she takes care of me, and um, with the you know with my migraines, yeah. And finally, on the seventh day, it just broke. But I did not know. I just thought it's just a horrible flu, and I was thinking, you know, maybe because I'm older now, it's harder for my body to fight it. But then when I come to think of it, I'm like, I think I had it. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it'll be really interesting once, once we get worked out the antigen studies, the antibody studies, mm -hmm. and, um, and start doing those and see who's had it and, you know, their experience with it, we'll start to get a clearer picture. Um, I've certainly heard a lot from my patients, the experience of a really terrible flu, you know, in January, February, um, that was out of the ordinary for them. Right. And so I'm curious, um, some of those people I'd like to pull aside and say, hey, I've got the antibody test. Would you like to know if you, you got COVID back wow. then? Wow. It would be interesting to do. Um, yeah. Well, I like, well, that's, that's some deep stuff. I'm like, I'd like to know. <laughs> uh, but uh, on, a, on, a, on another note, I'd like to also kind of tap onto a little bit of, you know, chronic and complex illness. It's something that yeah. is your, I call it your specialty. And yes. um, I, I would love for you to maybe kind of talk on that and, you know, sure. talk about the physical, uh, the, the chemical, and also the mental. And before we do that, everyone, I just want to let you know that we're going to have live testimonials right after this video. So make sure that you stay on and, remember, and, and make sure we're sharing because one video can change one person's life. And that's what this is all about. So uh, uh, go for it, doctor. Okay. Um, I'm convinced at this point, I've been doing work with chronic and complex patients for 35 years. 
And my work is very much metrics driven. So it's driven around lab tests and follow-up right. lab tests and things of that nature and physical exams of various types. So I want to get measurable changes in people. That's, that's mm-hmm. what really matters. That's really where I know we did something. And I've, I've become really convinced over time as I've gotten more and more into genetics that typically with people with very chronic and complex illnesses, there's a genetic component to their illness. And so what happened is, is that they have genetic predisposition and then they, excuse me, and then they had a trigger and that trigger threw off their ba- the balance of their system and they just can't self-regulate anymore. But typically if you get into uh, someone that has a long history of uh, Lyme disease or chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia or um, other or more um, traumatic brain injuries that, you know, they, there's, there's a, a different path in people that have TBIs. One is that they, they do end up recovering mostly, essentially. And then there's the other uh, group that just does not heal at all. They're, they're severely compromised and seemingly out of proportion to their injury. So when you look at that group of people, there's, there's genetics there that underlie how they responded to those, that stress. So when people, when people break down from stress, whether it's physical or chemical or emotional stress or a combination of those things, when they break down in a way that seems out of proportion to the stressor, there's typically a genetics that underlie that. Well, so when you say it by genetics, in my brain, I'm thinking that you're saying genetics, that it's something that was passed down from family. Yeah, exactly. So when you do uh, genetic curations of a person, you start to see where the weak links are in their system and what you need to do to help them heal. Because you basically every gene leads to an enzyme. And so if a gene is compromised, if there's a variant in the gene that compromises it, then it's going to compromise the, the enzyme. And right. then it's going to compromise the function. And so if you, if once you start to make those connections, then you can, uh, you can push an enzyme with the cofactors that are involved in the enzyme. Hmm. So say for instance, um, a lot of people have ADHD and obsessive compulsive disorder or just um, nervous exhaustion. They're always extremely stressed because they have low MAOA, which is an enzyme that breaks down uh, dopamine and epinephrine and norepinephrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they have the low MAOA, they're going to have really high catecholamines that are going to drive their system to be incredibly stressed all the time. And then uh, there are cofactors for that, riboflavin being one, B2. And so that, that person who has that gene variant, they may need very, very high doses of riboflavin to drive that enzyme and then start to see how they'll see their systems change dramatically. You know, people that have never slept through the night, they'll start sleeping. You know, things of that nature will start shifting. And so it's once, once you understand things at that level, you can change them in a very, very targeted way, you know, which is really powerful. Well, I, I love, I yeah. love what you're saying. It's, it makes me just, it brings me to the, the thought of when we were created, our bodies yeah. were meant to heal by itself. For sure. Yeah. And so we're, we're, in, we're putting yeah. junk, fast food, candy bars, Snickers, MSG all in our body. And we start to wonder why we have headaches and migraines and aches and pains because a lot of the stuff that we're not just eating and consuming, but also our brain, because I lo- it's, it's an old saying, you know, uh, you know, what, what you, uh, what you think is what you become. And so there, there's truth in that for sure. Right. So it's like, if you come in, it's so funny. If I were to tell you right now, Dr. Mark, 
and you were depressed. And I said, Dr. Mark, I just want to let you know that you won a million dollars yesterday. You would go from depressed to, oh my goodness, you're not only talking different, you walking different. Let me tell you something. You're going to even, you even open up doors different. All of a sudden it's a mental state, right? But the funny thing is you take that away. It's funny because we, we gauge your stuff on things, on what we're going through. Yeah. Our finances. On externals. On externals, right? There we go. I love it. You know, so I'm saying I was a guy a long long time ago, he said, be in the world but not of the world. You know what? You can take that to a whole nother level. I mean, and it's a truth, you know. I, I love it when people say, Yeah, man, I love that, man. You know, Buddha said you know, what you think, what you become. I go, brother, Jesus said that. I'm sorry. I had to go there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I did. Jesus he said did. that. But it's funny. There, there are things that are universal. You know, there's, there's knowledge that's universal. Um, so I'm going to get a little wonky with that idea. Yeah. Okay. So there's this thing called the reticular activating system. And what it does is it filters out all the information coming into your brain. Okay. That's its job. Okay. And it's a protective mechanism. So, so, you know, thousands of years ago when we were asleep in the jungle, you know, and there's all that background noise and we could fall asleep because that background noise didn't mean anything. Right. And then you, and then you hear a leaf crack, a dry leaf crack from a footfall and you wake up in a moment. Okay. To protect yourself. And where we notice it now is say we're reading a book and we're involved in the book and we don't hear anything around us. Right. And then we, we hear a, a you know, a, a step Creek and then all of a sudden we're back in the room. Right. What is that? So it, it design, it's designed to filter out the world around us for what we're looking for. So we can, we program our reticular activating system by what we choose to pay attention to, what we choose to make important. So over time, that trains the reticular activating system to actually filter the world around us for what we experience. So that's why people who choose to focus on those things that they, that, that they, that they are grateful for, what do they experience more of what they're grateful for? People that choose to focus on everything that they can't stand about their life, what are they going to, what are they going to experience more of those things that they can't stand about their life? A hundred percent. You know, I, and, I agree. No, it's huge because, and I always tell people, and this is something I, I just started doing. As soon as I wake up, I say, this is going to be a fantastic day. I mean, first, of course I pray. For sure. It's going to be a fantastic day. I'm looking forward to who God wants me to serve and help. And when you're in that mentality, there's a shift in the air. People don't realize that molecules actually change within your body. Yeah, for sure. Your body functions differently. Yeah. So this, this, then this ties back to some research. I see. I love research, right? right. I, I, I love, I love to see how things connect. Uh, there was a study done by this outfit called uh, HeartMath. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of them? Okay. Oh, yeah. They did a really a beautiful study where they had people practice heart-focused appreciation. And they, they measured their DHEA and their cortisol levels and their secretory IGA, which is a marker for their immune system. Okay. And they followed them for a month and then they retested them. And they found that, that pra- only that practice of gratitude led to higher DHA levels, which is an indication of a person's robustness, lower cortisol levels, which is an indication of stress, and higher secretory IGA, which is a a marker of their their immune system. And all that changed from just from that. 
and how powerful that is. That's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I got it. Okay, since we're going there, I got to share this with you. So, <clears throat> I um had an experience when I was a kid. I was probably I was living in Guam. My mom got remarried, and we lived on Guam. And my dad was military, so I was a military brat. Lived in Guam for about two years. Totally different world. And so uh, I'm there, and I remember being a kid, and I always talked to God or whoever people want to talk to higher being. Yeah. And uh, talk to God as a kid. My mom used to think I was crazy because she was, you know, Gnostic, you know, she, she was like, I don't really <laughs> get into that. And uh, I remember being a kid about five years old, getting right next by my, by my bed on my knees. And I said, God, if you are for real, come touch me and open my heart. Exact words. Uh -huh. The weirdest thing is that for about 30 minutes, and I remember vividly, for about 30 minutes, I felt this uh, beam of electricity up and down my body with warmth that would not stop. Uh-huh, sweet, beautiful. What's a trip about that, you know, I, this is totally on, on a whole different subject, but I like to go with it, is that about two years ago, my mom called me up and she's like, Mark, I've got to have this fibromyalgia. You know, I go, number one, it's not yours. It's not like you can go into a store and right. go buy it. It's not yours. And because um, I always said, watch what you, the words that you say, because it affects your, you your bet. It's a computer. You and so I, I said, it's interesting that she called me up when we're, no, actually I called her up and I said, mom, because I was having like a, a God moment or something. And I was like, just feeling this same presence that I was feeling when I was a kid for about 30 minutes. And I was like, whoa, I've not, I've, I've felt it maybe two couple of minutes, three minutes, whatever. And then all of a sudden I said, I go, mom, my hands literally feel like they're on fire right now. And yeah. I go, mom, put your hand on the pain right now. Watch this. That's what I, and that's not even like me. I go, watch this. I had this confidence, dude. Like, I don't know. And, and she, and I, and I prayed for her over the phone and she's like, the pain is gone. So my point is, you know, doctors, you don't realize how much of a gift that you've been given and how many that people get a touch. Yeah, that's that's beautiful that you brought that up. That was a conversation that I was having on a forum just a couple of days ago, because we were talking we were talking about how, and and it, it came kind of roundabout because we were talking about how, um, what how docs should dress, you know, appropriately in the office. So we got on the topic of white jackets, white you know, white lab coats and that kind of thing, and um, and I have a hard time wearing one even though it oftentimes it's a good idea culturally to make a connection and that kind of thing. I have a hard time uh, wearing them because as I go through the day, I get hotter and hotter and it's not, it's not a metabolic heat. It's just the heat of working on people and my hands get really hot through the day, hotter as the day goes on. And so I just threw that out there. I said, that's just, you know, my experience. And then a bunch of docs. You're like, yes. said, yeah, that's me too. Yeah, that's in. You know, it's interesting that you said that, and it's funny. We're going on this whole tangent. I'm going with it. It's all good. It's interesting because I remember when I wasn't there, but reading on it, when Jesus was walking, and a whole bunch of people were touching him, and all of a sudden somebody touched him. He's like, "Yeah," me? and they're like, "Dude, everyone's touching you, man." But he felt this power leave. Different, yeah. And so it's funny how I'm not saying we're Jesus, but I'm seeing the how. We've, we have this coming out of us. And let me tell you right, something. Right, it's natural to you us. You get drained, especially when you're touching, check it out, because we're a battery that's electrified, sparked light. Yeah, and then, for sure. 
when you're touching something, let's say you're, you're touching people with a positive, 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 then all of a sudden you touch a negative. You don't think that's not going to affect you, even though you can oh, yeah. like, For sure. like a battery, For but you're sure. already powered up. It's just, you could feel that leaving you literally. Man. That's a, that's a true thing. You know, I, I'm real left brained. You know, I love all the science, but I know, I know what I experience also. And it, and there's, um, I'm a vitalist, even though I'm a scientist. I'm a guitarist. Okay. So I'm an advocate. I'm an academic. I love the science, but at the same time, I'm a vitalist because I see things that just, I experience things directly that are outside the realm of, of there's a, um, of just mechanism. Okay. We're more than mechanism. Yeah. I love the, the mechanism is really useful for understanding things. They're really useful for modeling. They're really useful for breaking things down and, and looking at them. But what happens in science oftentimes is that we mistake that for being the bigger picture and the way things work together. Yeah. Right. We, we miss how they, they fit in the framework of the rest of the picture. And so there's still, even though, you know, I, I believe in all this uh, peer-reviewed science and I do clinical outcome studies and I do the lab work and all this stuff. There's still magic in there. Yeah. I love it. You know, it's a, it's, it's, I feel like what happens is that we all have a little child instead of a, inside of us, whether we like it or not. It doesn't matter. Yeah. How grow yeah. up and I feel that we need to. At some level, we're all eight years old. You know what? It's funny when I speak in front of people and I get nervous and I got a whole bunch of people. I just I look out in the crowd and I pretend I'm looking at a bunch of kids in diapers. I'm not even joking. <laughs> it gives me the confidence. You know, oh, maybe it ain't gonna hurt you. But no, I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. And um, you know, I I just want to say thank you so much for being transparent and being on the show. And you know, our our goals is to help as many people out there so you know i'm talking to all my all my fans and people out there let's share this to all of our social media even if you're not in pain the bottom line is helping is is, is having a video out there that we can help one person because we don't know who we're going to help and uh doctor if if you wouldn't mind uh just um maybe talking a little bit about maybe um before we end off because i know you're at drforce.com i want to make sure i got that yeah drforce.com yeah and you know anyone that's in the area um, um, where, where are you located as a near, like just, Oh, well, I'm Southern Oregon. I'm Ashland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm just across the border from California. That's how Southern Oregon we are. Oh yeah. 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 You guys, man, you got both best of both worlds. You're basically it's beautiful here. No, you're basically California. I, 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 people <laughs> ask me, you know, I have friends ask me about how is it living in Ashland? I go, it's great. I feel like I'm living in Mayberry. I keep expecting to run into aunt B. <laughs> yeah, I miss those yeah. days. You know, it's it's funny because I go back. I have like, I got Bonanza. I, I go with Bonanza. I right all the series. I love going back. I, I'm a little weird. I love the Twilight Zone and oh, that's great stuff. Yeah, you know, I'll even go funny. I'll even go uh, Sanford and Son if I want to get a sense of humor. Sure. You know, but again, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for uh, being on the show, and uh, I look forward to. Um, you know, everybody's seen this video and guys, if you have any questions, please feel free. And, uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Mark will answer those questions. Thank, thanks for giving okay. me a chance to share Mark. Hey, thank yeah. you. Hey, great job.
Um, I thought I had like flu-like symptoms. And so I had this uh, real heavy cough. And, um, you know, I, I uh, went to urgent care and they gave me prednisone and uh, some antibiotics and said, you know, come back if you're not feeling better. Well, I mean, I just wasn't feeling better. So I ended up going to my family uh, doctor and uh, the nurse practitioner said, um, she checked my pulse rate and it was like 122 beats per minute. And she said, either you have a hole in your lungs or you have congestive heart failure. And uh, they took me to Desert Samaritan Hospital. So I was in ICU for uh, a period of seven days as well. So my, so my first experience was, uh, um, you know, when they let me out, I, I would, uh, when, when, I was, when I got out of Desert Samaritan, um, you know, they actually recommended that I go to UCLA um, or the Mayo Clinic uh, to be evaluated for a heart transplant. And so, um, you know, I felt scared. Uh, I didn't know whether or not I'd, I'd live or not. My mother took me to uh, Dr. Force, and, um, you know, I, I barely was able to get out of the car and, and walk up the, well, actually, at that time, I was trying to take the elevator, but it was, it was uh, you know, it was like equivalent to a person running 10 miles just for me to, to walk to the elevator. And so, um, uh, for the most part, I felt hopeless because I didn't really get a lot of um, encouragement from the medical doctors. Uh, you know, when I, when I went to market first, um, uh, I was essentially at the kind of like a last resort. I mean, I was, I was really um, in search for someone who kind of believed in the same thing I believed in, which was... You know, isn't there a more holistic way to treat this condition? Um, but I, I listened to uh, everything that Mark told me to do because I could tell I could I could tell the difference in how I was feeling, and I and I started to get stronger, and I started to be uh, more alert, and. Um, uh, you know, I always felt energized going into his office because um, he brought a sense of hope to his practice. And, uh, you know, he believed in, in uh, what he was doing and basically said, you know, hey, if I, you know, one of the things I admired about, and I still admire about Mark is, you know, his view is if he can't help you, he will recommend someone who can better treat you uh, given your condition. And so um, based on that, you know, you have to, at, at least from everything I've been involved with, you have to have somebody you can trust. And uh, Mark Force is definitely a person um, that I can trust or that I do trust because he basically saved my life. I was able to regain my strength and um, I ended up getting better in terms of uh, being able to move around, in terms of being able to sleep well. Um, and it still took me some time because like in 2006, I was still, you know, getting regular checkups through uh, the medical doctors, getting feedback from uh, the UCLA Medical Center. And um, I ended up getting put on the wait list for a heart transplant. And uh, at the time, my kids were uh, running track. 
And uh, I remember making a commitment saying that one day uh, I'll be able to walk up those uh, Mesa Community College bleachers and uh, uh, I was able to do that. While I was still going to see Mark on a regular basis, getting supplements and adjustments and um, acupuncture and uh, getting balanced and making sure that I was taking the right uh, nu nutrition. Um, and let, let me back up just a little bit because when I got out of uh, the Desert Samaritan, I was on 90 prescription drugs a day. You know, it was one drug to do this, another drug to counteract the, the uh, you know, the symptoms of something else. And, you know, it was terrible. And, and, my, and my goal, uh, because of how I felt, was to ultimately um, get off the meds. And I was able to do that. And um, so I listened. I mean, I, I listened to everything Mark said to do, and I followed his um, instructions. And uh, I remember one of the things that was refreshing to me, because when I was um, going through the traditional medical route, uh, it was always discouraging. It was always uh, an inducement of fear, as if, you know, you got to take this drug, otherwise you won't live kind of thing. And, you know, you don't have much longer. And, you know, just different uh, different things like that. And, and the only place, the only person that provided a source of inspiration and a, and a source of encouragement uh, was Mark and uh, members of my family. So, um, you know, I remember sharing with Mark that um, uh, I was going to go out to UCLA and, and get uh, a, a stress test or get evaluated. And he said, well, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, um, you know, they may just tell you, you know, you don't need a heart transplant. And fortunately for me, uh, that was the case. And I even got to the point where I was able to um, run up the ASU mountain. Uh, initially, I was walking up ASU mountain because that's where my kids uh, went to work out. So I was uh, with a series of uh, Mark's treatments and the things that he directed me to do. And, um, uh, you know, his, his guidance and and, and my willingness to, to listen and uh, carry out his instructions, um, I think that's why I'm here today. And that's that's you know that's my uh, that's my story.